0: You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a
1: lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Every player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports, including hockey. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on
0: all the action. And now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
2: It's gonna be really interesting, like, I like Pinto and I, I remember everyone like, and this is the thing that I think sense fans need to start realizing. We need to stop looking at the draft. We really need to stop looking at a player being like, he was drafted way too early. You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone. Sixth round pick and now he's making nine and a half million dollars. Pajot, drafted I think in the fifth round and making five million. Hoffman, Welcome to the Sens Hour podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and...
1: And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin... But now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially.
2: <laughs> Sends our Podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe.
3: Take care. i was walking through the halls of a minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me he said i bet you never like the blues until they won a cup so i calmly turned to him and said hey man listen up i admit it's pretty great to win lord stanley's prize but listen I've been waiting for this moment my whole life, yes sir I'm a blues fan, yes sir I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew man, that team from old St. Louis man, got a cup in here 52 man, give me a let's go blues. I know Jackman, Johnson, Eastwood, Backman, Wait, Walt, Hanzoos, Nastrake, Jansen, Boys Young, Jammer, King, Salvador, Korea, Brewer, Low, Pollock, Finley, Turek, Sanya, Buganeki, J. McKee, McDonald, Mellon, PJ, Anna, Kavanaugh, Mason, Manny, Stillman, Stephanie, Yak, Yes, sir, I'm a Blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a Blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from Old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in year 52, man. So give me a Let's Go Blues. <laughs> Now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes Podcast, Tom Franklin and the Man Called Where.
1: And Blues fan reacts. Thank you very much, Tom Calhoun, and hello and welcome to Bluenose, located in the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've got that Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we are talking about St. Louis. This is your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am joined, as always, by my comrade, the
0: man called Wags. How's it going, bud? Oh, it's going great. Uh, you know, I, the Blues game yesterday, not so much, but...
4: We're still got yeah. hockey, and, and
0: we're not and we're not getting a sun delay, so don't worry about yeah. that. <laughs> That's yeah. true. No sun
1: here in St. Louis. It is 9 o'clock, uh, 9.06 Central Time as we record this, by the way. And the other voice you heard is our returning guest from last week. He joins us once again for our Sunday episode. Some people call him Mason, but you probably know him better as
5: Blues Fan Reacts. How's it going, bud? It's going okay. I mean, other than us being once again embarrassed by a Northern California team, things are going all right.
1: You know, that's just tradition with the Blues, though. I mean, we 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 play Northern, we we play California teams, and we just get taken to the woodshed. That's just how it is. We're
5: used to it by now.
1: I would you would think that you would think that but there's there's so many other traditions that the blues inflict on us that uh we have to worry about you know that's like you know the, the California curse is like number like 48 I think on the list of things that drive <laughs> us blues fans nuts so um you laugh but it's true. Um, right.
5: Yeah. Well that's why it's funny. <laughs>
1: exactly exactly <laughs> um by the way we are on facebook twitter and instagram at blue notes pod like subscribe and all that fun stuff and of course if you're watching on youtube ring the bell ding so you know when uh we are going live or when we decide to post a random recorded video we do that every now and then uh i'm a little bit busy lately Um uh, oh well, we got least forever he's back we, we didn't oh we didn't we didn't we didn't chase him off after last week he is back for more pain and suffering i meant uh for more entertainment uh
0: he is a Leafs fan so isn't he used to pain
5: and all he knows and punishment? is pain
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think there's something with teams that have blue as their primary color that uh you know just go through just a lot of torture and pain and uh and uh leaves forever we we share your pain that is for sure so if you are watching on facebook and twitter uh, or youtube by the way feel free to drop a comment just like he did and uh be a part of the conversation uh of course uh last thursday uh we were live uh well we, we were live wednesday afternoon and then uh posted on facebook twitter and wherever you get your podcast from on thursday with center ice brewery if i can get the can right there you go uh jack ferrara uh, joined us to talk a little bit of blues as well as uh some brews as well uh giving us an update on how they're doing during the pandemic sounds like they're doing fine which is which is which is a good thing because you know hockey's a kind of a niche sport and uh, you know it's not like in canada where it's like put up on an altar and worshiped uh so you know a hockey bar whenever a pandemic hits and you have all these restaurants going on you kind of worry about them a little bit but Luckily, they've been able to uh, uh, weather the tide. And uh, Mason, we got to get you out there sometime, uh, especially because oh, yeah. you, you just, as you discovered, they are located next door to Pappy's Smokehouse, and you can That's bring right. your pappies into the bar. So we got to oh, get. Oh
5: man. That sold it for me. I mean, I remember because I wasn't sure where they were located. I knew of them, but uh, I, you know, I never knew where they were. And the only first and only time I ever visited St. Louis, I went to Pappy's Barbecue, and I love that. That's, I'm serious; it's the best barbecue I've ever had in my entire life. It's really good. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad that they're right next door. So now, next time I go to St. Louis, I know exactly where they are. Exactly, Pappy's is fantastic barbecue.
1: It's it's really good for St. Louis barbecue, and I say that mm-hmm. because. It's not my favorite barbecue. I, I lived in Memphis for about a year. Memphis barbecue, in my opinion, blows St. Louis out of the water. Um Wags, you've had Memphis barbecue. You you know what I'm talking about. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. And I don't yeah. want to I don't wanna, you know, diss St. Louis style barbecue. No. But yeah. Memphis by far, in my mm-hmm. mind, is the best. Now I haven't had Texas barbecue. Her Texas barbecue is absolutely the shit. But for me, from what I've tasted, it, it's Memphis all the way. Well, yeah. the East
5: Coast has Memphis barbecue, and the West Coast has Idaho barbecue. That's some good stuff there, too. So, What's Idaho barbecue? I've never even um, heard of that. Well, it's, it's, it's Idaho is the most stereotyp- stereotypically most country state in the entire United States. So in country, there's always beer. There's always barbecue. If there wasn't so many dang Mormons in Idaho, I have a feeling there'd be a lot more alcohol. But at the same time, boy, they know how to cook their barbecue for sure.
1: The most country state in the union. I think I think I don't know if we have any Kentucky listeners, but I think they would like a word with you on that. <laughs> you know, there's you know, they, they they do redneck right in country. Right. In, right, in, right. in, in Kentucky. So
0: uh, I, buddy, I think Florida would have an argument with redneck. Oh, God. Oh, We're having Florida,
5: this cut once again. Florida, <laughs> Florida is a whole
0: stew
1: of just wrong. OK, it, Florida's got issues. <laughs> Flo- and I say oh, that dude. as a man that was born in Tampa, Florida, and still has family <laughs> in Florida, I can say that Florida is goofy. It is goofy with a capital G. I'm not talking about oh, the cartoon character either. So, um, by the way, shout out to Center Rice Brewery. They have merch as well. I actually bought this, by the way, Center Ice mm-hmm. uh, shirt. Um, they are actually phasing this particular shirt out, but they have others on their website at centericebrewery.com. Just want to give them another plug as well because again, they were so good to us and. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be doing more with them in the future. Maybe a contest. We'll, uh, we'll hopefully, uh, if you want to get involved in a contest, maybe with DraftKings, uh, perhaps. Uh, let the guys at Center Rice Brewery know, and we would, we would certainly appreciate that. So, shameless plugging now out of the way. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about hockey. Now that we're ten minutes into this uh, podcast, we haven't talked one bit about <laughs> hockey. We are professional broadcasters here. Oh yeah. Um, and, and in order to do, I feel the best way to address the pa- past week, let's get the recap wrap out of the way, first of all, from MC Luke Whidbin, um, and he is going to kind of lay out exactly where the Blues are right now. Hint, it's not the prettiest. So let's go ahead and just get it out of the way. MC Whidbin, take it away.
6: Coach, we lost the Keller Cup. Are you experiencing depression? My not
4: the playoffs, so
6: it's not game seven. Uh, We took it too far, but Chief, you have to excuse us. With all these Arizona games, we needed something to amuse us. So the Blues lost one to nothing, and they played a great game. Clayton Keller scored the goal. Sometimes it ends up that way. Darcy Kemper got the shutout. There's not much else to say, except the Blues are 0 for 20 on on five-on-three power plays. That's bad, but good news. The man advantage would be key in the next game that we played, and not against the Coyotes. With the Sharks in town, it seemed our game picked up. Brent Burns got Got mad and gave Perron an extra shove. So we used the power play to go up by a goal. Sunk was shot off the pads. Hoffman shot, rippled the cords. He continues his hot streak that we knew he could find. But when the second came around, the whole team went into ice. The Sharks got two goals. One from Gregor, one from Leonard. There's a thing I picked up. Not just from this game, but from others. Our team defense loses track of guys away from the puck. We get sucked in toward the carrier and it's usually done. I don't mean to single him out because it's more than just him. But maybe try Vince on the wing and let Jake Wallman play defense. Now it wasn't all a break. Down. Martin Jones played really great As the seconds ticked away It seemed we wouldn't catch a break But with the goalie pulled And some great zone possession A Mike Hoffman rebound Went to Shemford the tapping And over time the Blues had chances They were getting good looks Patrick Marlowe got his stick up On O'Reilly for the hook So another power play Bennington moved it up ice Torrey Krug passed to Baran Who went 5-hole through Jones' slide. So we got the comeback win But injuries would not subside Now Barbashev is out Broken ankle friendly fire The lineup problem's dire Got a lot of wounded No. Towards Thomas Bozak Barbashev played Terrasen and Parenko, they're all out, so enter in guys that you wouldn't normally think of. McKechron, Walmandella, Rose Poganski, they played well, though. It's why I won't freak out over Saturday's loss. My expectations are lower. Those guys aren't exactly all-stars, a lot of turnovers that lead to goals and weak defensive lapses. I just mentioned it a bit ago, so I won't beat dead horses. But of course it was Couture who shot the fluttering game winner. And a lot was in his fault, but not the strongest game from Benner. Didn't think that we'd be in it after going down three-nothing. But a nice pass out to Shener. Gave the blues life in the second. Yet again done through his head back after losing track of. Marlow, but the Blues would mount a comeback after Sanford's temporal legal. Got a briso. Wait, did you see O'Reilly's goal? Tough angle, one knee made it a 4 to 3 score. This is all the second period, including number four, when the Sharks played the pass and gave Kyra room to score. Things in turn, but the power play just couldn't get it going. Passed the puck around a lot, but couldn't get a lane to open. Then Couture got the goal that I previously mentioned. When we win, they get a point. When we lose, we leave with nothing. I'm hoping we get healthier this week against the Kings. On the bright side, we're in first, if you ignore teams missing games
1: and a shout out to luke Whitbin for that very 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 nice done very nice wrap up there by the way did you feel did you guys feel that coach ruby undersold the keller cup and the whole feeling of a playoff series or was he just acknowledging the absurdity of it what do you guys think
0: Ooh, I I, honestly, I kind of think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I mean, I definitely think it was absurd because in the history of the league, a seven game regular season series has just never happened. Uh, But I also don't think he wanted his his players to take too much out of it, too. Don't read too much into it. Uh, Yeah, you lost the series to to Arizona, but it's still the beginning of the season. So take what you learn from it and build off of it. But don't like go into the playoffs going, oh, my God, we lost Arizona. So do you think maybe his tone would have
1: been different, Wags, if uh they had won game seven, quote unquote?
0: Mm, it's Berube? No. I don't think nah. so at all. <laughs> no.
1: No, 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 no. You're right. That that's just stonewall barubi for you. Uh, what what do you think, Mason?
5: I don't know. I had a feeling I mean, I'm just going off of what I would personally think. You know, obviously he's frustrated that we couldn't win four out of seven games against freaking Arizona we already discussed that it's freaking Arizona but it's damn Arizona yeah but at the same time you know you hope you you would have wished that they had come out with four wins there and they didn't and Craig Berube obviously was frustrated with that I have a feeling if the Blues had put in like a solid effort for seven straight games I feel like he would have said you know this is a good test for the playoffs I, I feel like he would have changed his mind there
1: yeah, I I kind of I'm kind of with you on that by the way uh Luke knowing that he hated it especially since they lost so there you go that's kind of his stance on it by the way uh, uh you, know, you know how we had the mighty ducks of Anaheim in the 90s I, I'm gonna start a change.org petition to rename the coyotes the freaking coyotes of Arizona who's <laughs> yes. gonna
5: who is gonna sign it with me after that series I'll sign it I'll retweet it every five seconds I, I I'll that- I will I will forge my signature twenty times on that. I'll make well, sure the, that it gets blown up.
1: Well, at the very at the very least, on this show, the Coyotes shall be forever here on out known as the freaking Coyotes of Arizona. There you yes. go. Here we go. And, may, and maybe they'll make a Disney uh, uh, series out of that. I don't know. Uh, Luke feels like the Blues came away with three point nine three wins. It was uh, you know I think that was a commentary on how competitive you know that series was, which it was you know for the most part. Um, you just wish that you were more competitive against like a, you know, Vegas or an Avs, you know, a team that's going to be competing for the top spot versus a middling team like the uh, Coyotes. Which, by the way, uh, Mason, they're not in California, but they may as well be with how they play the Blues in recent years and this series. And uh, you were kind of hollering about those California teams before we went on the air, man. You're, you're, you're. you're, I have a feeling you're going to be glad when the Blues return to the Central Division next year.
5: Oh, just a little bit. I mean, it depends because I know – well, Arizona's coming to our division too because of Seattle, so we're not getting rid of them. So this is just like – hopefully this isn't a prophecy of what's to come (laughs) because this is getting ridiculous. Um, It really is. No, for sure. I'm not going to miss any of the California teams. One, because they're mediocre and they're a terrible test for the Blues and somehow they still lose. That's another rant. Um, But they're fan bases too. I find Sharks fans just insufferable. I'm sorry if there's any Sharks fans watching this, but I just find them ridiculous. Like, I saw a bunch of tweets on Sharks Twitter that's just like, the refs have been handing the blues at the last five games. It's like, have
1: you been watching hockey? How long? It's California, and, so probably not.
0: Wait, Sharks fans are complaining about the refs handing the game? Yes. yes really, handing,
5: yeah. Handing. Really? Handing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I know. Wow. It shocked me, too. Also, wow.
1: I, like, I also I like the fact that the uh, sharks are complaining about the refs. Like that's their biggest problem, you know. Not not their you know I don't know their roster is is a problem and all
5: the salary cap issues. And not the fact giving that Eric not giving Eric Carlson eleven and a half million dollars for the next seven years that's not a problem. No, it's the
1: strike. And I and I think he's played what eleven and a half games this year. Maybe you know <laughs> he's
5: back in San Somewhere. Jose. I
0: think.
1: I, I think so. Yeah, he's 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 broken again. I think he missed he missed both games against the Blues, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't even make yeah, not trip. good. Yeah, but you know, if, if there's one thing you know, at least Sharks fans can take away besides the win is the fact that we apparently turned Martin Jones back into a competent goaltender. You know, at least on Friday night, anyway, he looked real, you know, real just unreal. And I I don't know where the hell that came from. And according to Sharks fans, they don't know where the hell that that, that came from either. So who knows? Who knows? It's it really, it really is. It really is.
0: Yeah. Well, Dubnik's always played the Blues well. He's been a Blues his, killer. His record hasn't been great against the Blues, but his goals against and the save percentage are usually really, really good. He usually starts mm-hmm. the games off really, really well. And the Blues eventually do kind of break him down a little bit. But he's he plays the Blues tough. I mean, he's the one who sh- essentially stole that series uh, from Minnesota in the playoffs mm-hmm. and – he kind of never lost that against the Blues, uh, yeah. but you know I, I would much rather face Martin Jones. And yeah, yeah, Luke is right. His career Jones's Holy career goals crap. against is something like one point eight against the Blues. Uh, he, yeah, he, yeah, but he still he still can't cover that five hole when it counts. <laughs> <laughs> that is true uh men cover your five hole at all
1: times seriously oh, yeah. that's just a life tip in in general don't uh, be a fool wrap for... your tool <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um by the way uh before we get into the blues injuries least forever I'd like to point out that tomorrow one year ago the toronto maple leafs lost to a 42 year old zamboni driver
5: as Steve Dangle would say, who works, who works for them? For them? I'm gonna send him. I'm gonna se- I'm gonna send Steve Dangle a direct DM on Twitter, and I'm gonna going to say, "Happy anniversary, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Happy anniversary, your team <laughs> lost to a 42-year-old Zamboni <laughs> driver
5: who works for them." You know, I get a lot of people asking me to recreate that, and I'm saying, "No, it's gonna happen to the Blues one day, so you'll see it in that video." But until then. <laughs>
1: We lost to a 39-year-old Zamboni driver who doesn't even work for them. He was a temp.
5: <laughs> oh
1: man, that, knowing the blues, man, I, that wouldn't shock me at all. But uh, uh, anyway, Leafs fans, at uh, least forever says they don't talk about that, but uh, they, I think they do. It's kind of like a speakeasy situation. You know, you got to talk yeah. to the right person. Um, definitely, definitely. So injuries and the title of our episode he noted that our title is everybody hurts mm. and um you know everybody hurts because we have well everyone just about it seems like on the injury list and or covid protocol now that's a new twist um so right now the blues forward situation because and and of course before we get to that we should point out that Jake wallman is not a forward he is indeed a defenseman. But yes. because Nathan Walker is stuck in quarantine, because Dakota Joshua couldn't make it up to the taxi squad in time. Two first names, two first names. Not only that, but they're flipped. <laughs> it, it feels like he should be Joshua Dakota. That, Joshua that feels Dakota. That, yeah, yeah, but no, they they he, he's backwards. It's it's a weird situation. Um, but regardless, he's up on the taxi squad now, and Walman had to play as a Ford because you have Tyler Bozak. He is on the IR, but he might be coming back soon. I think the pro- I think the prognosis is looking better for him. Of course, thank you, NHL Player Safety, by the way, for making sure that Mark Stone did not get uh, any sort of, you know, slap on the wrist for
5: that. Another you know. brilliant move. Another brilliant call by NHL Player Safety. You know, when will – I wish I was half as observant and half as confident as those guys are. I mean, they're just bravo, guys. You guys are wonderful. Well, and with the with
1: yesterday's Lake Tahoe debacle, I mean that's another great NHL decision. We'll we'll talk about that later on. We've got some stuff to say about that as the actual game goes on. Behind me, it's seven three Boston now. By the way, oh uh, old time that feels like a nineteen. This looks like a nineteen eighties game you know with with how many goals are getting scored there's a lot of you know bodies flying around it's it's a mess um but yeah Tyler Bozak he might be coming back soon of course we lost Scotty Prunovich; he's done for the year with a leg injury uh Robert Thomas is on IR with a broken thumb uh Barbashev's on IR I, I don't think it's I don't know if it's broken uh, he's got it it's it's bad uh Barbashev on IR with a broken I think a foot or an ankle it was taken from a shot as Luke Whitman said it was friendly fire Uh Jaden Schwartz lower body injury. Colton Pareko, I think he's just broken in general. He's he he has not been himself, you know, and he's been he's been fighting I I think multiple things. And now Sammy Blay is on the COVID protocol list, the first blue to hit that list all season. So the streak is over. Every NHL team has now had at least one player on the COVID list, which, by the way, I find it very interesting, Wags, that the Blues are the uh, paradigm of responsibility there, considering they had five or six players get COVID before the playoffs last year. And that's probably a reason why
5: they got bounced
1: so yeah. embarrassingly.
5: So, irony. That's possible. You know, it's funny. I had a live stream. I had a live stream. Uh, I want to say, like, God, probably four weeks ago now. And I straight up said, the first Blues player to get be, get put on the COVID list is going to be either Dunn or Blay. It's going to be one of those two. And I just remember <laughs> that, that, seeing that, that, that news that, and that, just that, going, that, I'm not surprised.
1: Well, I think I, – I, I don't know if it's ever been confirmed or not. Of course, they haven't come out and exactly said mm-hmm. who had COVID. But I think Dunn may have been one of the players that – a part yeah. of that group that got COVID last mm-hmm. year. Maybe that's that that's the scuttlebutt. I don't want to actually indict anyone for that, obviously. Um, But that being said, so we have all these players that are injured. You have defensemen playing forward. Um, You know, the Blues, you know, come back to win against the Sharks, uh, but then they lose five to four on Saturday. And so do you give the Blues a pass, at least a little bit for those injuries? Or do you think something else is going on here with uh, their bad performance
0: uh, last week? I mean, I wouldn't give them a full pass. Uh, I definitely think they deserve a little bit of leniency because they are cycling bottom six forwards into the top six. Yeah. But we also saw a little bit of what's going on before these guys started to get hurt. And it's definitely more defensive related, as as Luke pointed out in his, his rap as well. So I think it's about a half pass. You, know, you have to give them a little leniency because they're getting these guys up there. But there are still issues that were lingering before a lot of these injuries really started to happen. Uh, and, and I think that's why we're still seeing this stuff continue. The, the good thing is, though, they are still scoring goals. And that's something that in the years past when the Blues had to deal with injuries, they didn't do that. And that's a positive you can kind of take out of it. And, yes, it's probably because you know, Ryan O'Reilly got crazy eyes on Saturday and decided to take over the game. Uh, but it is something that you can look forward to and, and know that you have a captain and a player that will kind of lift his team up and push them or drag them across the finish line, even if they aren't winning the game.
1: Yeah, oh captain, my captain. O'Reilly was so big for uh, you know for for those games. Uh, Mason, what what do you think is going on with the Blues? I mean, you, you think do you you blame it on injuries, or do you think it's a combination of things?
5: I wouldn't particularly blame it on injuries. I don't think you know because the Blues have been. It's I don't I think. I don't think it's an injury issue because the players that are coming in for these Blues players who are out have been contributing. So that's why I have a hard time believing it's really an injury thing. I mean, you know, uh, Jordan Kyrou's been producing, obviously, but you look at Austin Pugansky. He's been pretty good for us, you know. I'm, I've yeah. been pleasantly uh, surprised by his play. Um, and then Jake Wallman had a solid game, I thought, last time. Uh, so I, I, that's why I have a hard time believing maybe it has, maybe it affects the confidence in the locker room. Uh, but when it comes to production, you know, I don't know. I'm just not seeing that. By the way, Luke Whitman points out they're scoring goals, but in the wrong order. Just
1: once you want them to net three before they give up a bunch. That's actually (laughs) how the Blues used to do it. You know, that was was how they would do it Mm -hmm. back in the day. When I say back in the day, I mean last year, when they would go into third periods with leads and then just completely, you know, piss them away. Two goal leads, three goal leads. It didn't matter. They were going to blow it up anyway. So, you know, I guess if anything, this is different where they're actually coming out better and then... And then you know, then they let things get away from at the end. I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, we've Different been team. screaming for change
5: all these years, and I guess we got <laughs> it. <right>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. By the way, Jaden Schwartz, he's been he's been great defensively before the injury. I think hmm. he's he's having a pretty good year. You know, we 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 often kind of look at Schwartz and kind of wonder what kind of player is he. You know, he's is, is he he's not he's not as like a true scorer. He's not a true playmaker. But he does a lot of little he does a lot of little things good. You know, he he's kind of a jack of all trades, kind of a forward. And you know, we're kind of coming up to an interesting situation here in the offseason because the blues have to reassign Jordan Bennington and then figure out how to do that and how much he's gonna cost. Uh, but they also have Jaden Schwartz coming up here as well. I'm gonna throw this out here, you know, real quick. If you had if you were <laughs> blues GM Doug Armstrong. And you had your choice of either Jaden Schwartz or Jordan Bennington to re-sign. You can only re-sign one. Who are you re-signing? Mason, let's go to you first. Schwartz. You're going Mm -hmm. Schwartz. Even though though Bennington is like the
5: first consistently competent goalie the Blues have had in years. Yes, I'm still going Schwartz because we've lost too much leadership already. We can't lose him we've lost way too much this off season. That's my do what, which one do you think if, if leadership wasn't an issue, which one would be more valuable? I'd say Bennington, but yeah. Schwartz has been with the team forever since 2010. And by the way, that would make if we trade Schwartz, that'll be the fourth player that has been Tarasenko's best friend that we've just straight up traded away. You know, we traded Reeves, we traded Laterra. I'm sure there's one more in there. And then with Schwartz gone, he's just gonna go like, screw this, I'm done, and pack <laughs> his bags for the KHL. So I'm not. I'm... Wow, KHL, yeah. that's uh, wow. He's gonna
1: say hell with the NHL. That's wow. I'm, uh, what, I, mean, taxes, I would be so mad Russia. No taxes but, in Russia. What are That's taxes true. in Russia? I, don't, I do not know what this means. I do not know what this means. Um, no, I mean, but, you know, as far as leadership goes, I mean, you had Justin Falk coming wearing a DA Friday nights. I mean, you know, there's a there's a candidate right there. If a guy like Schwartz, you know, leaves, there's a guy that can step up in the locker room. He was the true. captain for years in Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Wags, what do you think? Bin, uh, Bennington or Schwartz?
0: It's so tough because when you put that out there, I was like, oh, crap. How am I going to choose this? Because they they need a guy like Jordan Bennington to to secure that net and to lock it down. But Mason makes a great point, and it's actually along the same lines that I was thinking of as well. And I'm going to take a little bit back to a guy that actually just retired from the Blues. Jaden Schwartz is essentially Alex Steen. Yeah. A first-round talent, first-round pick, dealing with injuries early on his career, maybe not putting up the points that he – is projected to or anything like that, but he's just a solid all around good player. I think if you hang on to him, you're going to see what Alex Steen's arc was here in St. Louis. You're going to see that same sort of thing with Jaden Schwartz. Yeah. It may not be top line stuff, but it's going to be the intangibles. It's going to be the leadership. It's going to be the work ethic. It's going to be everything that goes around that. And I think that is something the blues cannot lose. So I, I look at it also is, and I, I can't remember who was talking about this earlier in the week, but Toronto's probably going to throw a ton of money at Jordan Bennington. True. And the blues are not going to pay that. And they, they rightly should not. Uh, it's not like he doesn't deserve it, but you don't want to go super crazy on paying a goaltender. Mm-hmm. So if Toronto comes out and offers Bennington, you know, $8 million a year, I'm saying, Hey, mm-hmm. thanks for the cup. Good luck. Don't die in Toronto. Jane Schwartz, you're sticking around. So I think it actually is probably something where it actually ends up being that, is the case where Jaden Schwartz is here and Bennington is not. Uh, but if, if you're having me choose between the two, I think it would be Jaden Schwartz. Although Bennington is more important, like Mason said. Yeah.
1: Well, first things first, let me discuss, you know, just come out and say, if all, all things being equal, um, I would prefer Bennington over Schwartz just because of the issues the blues have had net over the years. Um, I mean, yes, you got Joe Hofer coming up, you got Colton Ellis coming up, but there's mm-hmm. still a couple years out. I mean, yeah. so you still need at least a bridge guy. Now, I'm going to piggyback off of Wags's, you know, idea that he gets thrown all the money in Toronto to be to come home. He's a he's a Richmond Hill kid. that's a suburb of Toronto. He grew up a Maple Leafs fan. So, again, this would be like Tavares 2.0. I was actually talking about this with uh, Shane Ryan of Sends Hour, who is our promo this week, by the way, before uh, the show started. And, um, you know, we were talking about how much that we think that Bennington is worth, you know, realistically. I figured between six, six and a half mil for him. I mean, I'll put him in line with a Markstrom and uh, and what Murray got in Ottawa. Um, I don't think he's, he's like that much better to where he needs more than that. I think six and a half is probably... I I feel is pretty reasonable for him, uh, given his you know fact that he does you know he's still building up his track record a little bit. Mm-hmm. But say Toronto does come in, you know they offer him like you know like a Petro deal, like an eight point eight mil nine million dollars a year. I mean Toronto's crazy; They'll, they 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 do crazy things like that. So um, if they do that, and knowing you still have Hofer and Ellis coming up, wouldn't it be a bit of you know tit for tat? if the blues signed Freddie Anderson to like two or three years, you know, just because I think mm. Freddie Anderson, Freddie Anderson and and least forever in the chat can, 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 can comment on this. I think Freddie Anderson gets a bad rap in he Toronto.
5: Does. He does. He, he is. Everyone gets a bad rap in Toronto. Though. <laughs>
1: well, 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 Toronto eats their goalies, you know, like, 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 like they were breakfast. I mean, that mm-hmm. just that, that just face it. I mean, you know, Vesa Toscala, James Reimer, um, uh, Sebastian Jaguar. I mean, on and on and on. It's been a revolving door for the least over the years here. You got a guy in Freddie Anderson who has been pretty stable the last couple of years. He's probably been oh. your most stable goalie that you've had since probably Cujo, you know, and we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're going back always. you can even argue Potvin if you, if you want to go even further back. Yeah. Um, So here you have this guy who is a very capable goalie, probably a top 10, top 15 goalie in the league easily, uh, probably about on the level of a Jordan Bennington in terms of, you know, qual- just overall quality. And you're ready to punt his ass out the door, you know, help him pack his bags and send him to wherever the hell he's going to go this off season and welcome in Jordan Bennington, the man of, you know, two and a half years of NHL track record, um, you know, who is never nervous, but my God, Toronto, you're going to make that kid nervous. You know, oh, if you yeah. sign Bennington, I mean, you know, that that's, that's, you know, as as Mason said, Toronto does things, you know, to players, you know, and it's 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 Courage Joseph himself, you know. I read his autobiography; it's up there in the bookshelf somewhere back there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he talked about going to Toronto and he moved into a house, and like almost every day, he'd have like someone knocking on his door, you know, basically wishing him well for the game that night or um, you know, talking about the Leafs, and it was like it was like nothing he ever experienced. I would and, be- Flipping
5: out if anybody did that to me.
3: <laughs> like, oh, I would hey, be too. Mason, have fun doing
5: that video after this game. It's like, I would just I would, I would immediately sell the house and fuck off. Like, the, the, I, exactly. I don't want to deal with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, move into, like, either a gated community or, although I guess the people within the community could still come up to you. But it's just, like, or, or find, like, an abandoned missile, missile silo and, <laughs> and, and, like, live live there, you know? I mean, because that is frightening, you know, to, oh, me, uh, to, to me as a player. I mean, so I, I guess the real question we got to ask is: Jordan Binnington, do you want that? Do you want that pressure, the weight of the Toronto media on your shoulders? I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth it. Um, I hope he comes back, and I hope the Blues find a way to bring them both back. You know, I've I I I, I haven't been a real Schwartz like hater per se, but you know, I there have been times where you kind of ask, more, you wish you saw more out of him, and uh, he's he, he can be he, he can be a little streaky, but He's been a part of this organization from the beginning. He is an, as Mason said, he's a great leader. He's, you know, he brings a lot of intangibles and he's, he is basically Austin 2.0 and those players, as, as we have seen over the years, they're very valuable. So that's, so yeah, you don't keep Schwartz if you can keep Bennington if you can, but if you had a gun to my head and say, you can only keep one, it's Bennington. That's just my opinion. Uh, You can't go
0: wrong. You can't go wrong with either argument, really. I mean, that's the whole the whole thing is they are both valuable to this team in one way or another, and it it is hard because you have to probably pick between the two. Although there is a lot of money coming off the books next year, it's very possible that both guys can be back here and both get raises. I don't think Schwartz necessarily deserves a raise, but I think they could still maybe swing something that way if they need to.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, by the way, it, when when you're getting the thumbs up from Alex Steen fan for life, um, it is uh that is Luke Whitbin. You're doing something right, and he says it's definitely deserving plays a two a great two way game from my seat. So there we go. Uh Steen Lover Forever, uh, also known as Luke Whidbin, chiming in on one Jaden Schwartz. Um getting back to the blues, I guess currently. Um, one thing that he kind of mentioned and, and we're going to kind of, I, I have a feeling this is going to shift into a, you know, Vince Dunn, what the fuck conversation. But one thing that would been mentioned in his rap is that he feels the defense loses track of players a lot away from the puck. And I, and I see that myself. Um, so do you think there is, you know, a problem with the defense? I mean, of course we, we all love Ju- Justin Falk now and he's been, anchoring this defense this whole season i mean which is just to me still incredibly absurd but it, it's i'll take it i'll take it i right. think this I, I think this is a real just i'm not going to complain about that but do you think there's an overall problem with this defense and 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 how they have been i guess for lack of a better word defending let's go to mason on this
5: um i'm, I'm really not sure i mean because there have been so many stupid mistakes with the defense and I don't know if it's inexperience. but with Fitz done, I have a hard time believing it's inexperience. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Justin Falk has always been one of the more positionally sound defensemen in the NHL, you know, even after, you know, obviously last year, you know, he's still that way. It's just his reflexes were off. And I don't know, maybe he's just getting used to a new team and there was too much expectation on him. Uh, but, you know, Vince Dunn just needs, uh, yeah, like you said, this is going to turn into a Vince Dunn what the hell kind of situation, you know, because, (laughs) like, we've never seen this before out of him. You know, we scratched him earlier in the season for a game against LA. He comes back, he scores a goal, he looks good for two more games, and then it's right back down to his old ways. So I don't know what the solution is. I'm still not aboard the Vince Dunn trade train. I will never be one of you, but at the same time, you just, you, you, wit, you hope and pray because if, if Vin gets the opportunity to be the face of the Blues defense, he will be in seven years if you give him that chance. But you want, you, he can't be making stupid mistakes like he has last three games now.
1: No, no, he cannot. And by the way, in seven years, he'd be 32. So, um, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, it's an interesting time to, Get it all together. By the way, Luke points out Tori Krug and Gunnarsson also have this issue. In fairness to Dunn, not being the only guy, which is true. And we're kind of warned about that with Tori Krug wags, where there will be games where he just looks off, and you know he's he he can be a little up and down as a player. And of course, he's five foot nine, so he's you know he does his best to be physical, but you know there's he's gonna leave you a little wanting sometimes. I definitely have not turned on Tory Krug. By the way, I think I think over his overall product has been fine, but it's just that you know this this might be something we we're looking at now in a Petrangelo free Blues defense.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And you got to remember, going into this, like you said, Tory Krug coming here wasn't to fix the defense. Tory Krug coming here was to up the offense, to up the power play. That that's what Torrey Krug was brought in here to do. And yes, he's had moments in games that are. You're like, whoa, what's going on there? But for the most part, when you hear Tory Krug's name, it's not because he's doing something bad. You you very rarely hear Tory Krug's name, at least on the defensive side of things. So that actually proves that he's been playing very good defense. Justin Falk's been great. Marco Scandella's been pretty good as well. He's been playing with multiple partners. Yeah, when he's healthy, and he's been playing with a couple of different partners. You know, Gunnarsson... Yeah, he's always going to be a third-pairing defender, and there are times where he's going to get lost. But even then, you're still not hearing his name a whole lot either. You're not seeing the camera pan to him after a goal has been scored. Right. And, and you hate to, to pile on a guy like Vince Dunn because I, I do think he wants to be a good player. I don't think he's just out there going, ah, screw it, I'm just here making a paycheck. But every time you see a guy that had been wide open in front of the net or anything like that, the camera swings around, and guess what number you're seeing? It's number 29 in one of, the yeah. goals, uh, one of the goals on Saturday. He was in the freaking goal crease when the guy was wide open in front of the net. Like, you have a goalie that's in the goal crease. You don't have to be there, okay? You need to be out a little bit further, and you break up that pass. That shot doesn't go in. Oh, and then that other goal, the one that Marlowe scored. Um, oh, let's see. Dunn was facing the puck, somehow still couldn't stop the puck from getting past him, and then turns around and goes, holy fuck, there's a guy behind me. Like... When you look at his eyes and you see him going like this, when you see him going like this,
5: what? (laughs) That means you have
0: no situational awareness. How do you not have situational awareness as a defender? You have to know where guys are at. And it just seems like four years in, and I've harped on this over and over and over again, that there's just been no improvement in the things that you keep harping on him about. Pucks are still getting into guys skates when he's the last man back on a power play. He still doesn't know where guys are at on the ice. His position is is terrible most of the mm-hmm. time. He can make up stuff, but it's just nothing is improving. And I I don't want to sit there and say you have to trade him, but I keep saying this over and over again. He is not going to be here by the time the deadline rolls around.
1: I mm-hmm. I'm kind of seeing. I'm starting to see that with him as well. And yeah, I keep th- whenever you talk about Dunn and his defensive deficiencies, I always think back, Wags, to our interview that we had with Jay Fresh where he had the card for Vince Dunn. And, you know, of course, Vince Dunn is an analytics darling. We've said it before. Everyone knows it. If, you know, according to the analytics world, Vince Dunn is Bobby Orr waiting to happen. You know, if you go by strictly those numbers. Um, And then, but everyone always wonders, well, why why is he only play against the third and fourth liners of the other team? You know, he only has a quality of competition of 9%. Why? Well, it's it's because of the things that you were seeing this year with his lack of defensive awareness, poor positioning, uh, you name it. He's 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 not a total liability on defense. I still think he does make enough plays and he's oh, physical yeah. enough, but there will just be times where it's just like he goes off into la la land, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's an that's an unfortunate thing you're going to have to deal with if you have been stunned. And I'm saying this. To fans of any other team, you know whether it's the Leafs or anyone else that are listening to this right now and wondering if maybe they should take the Vince Dunn plunge, you know mm. it's you're gonna have you're gonna have those issues with Dunn no matter what. Um, I do kind of tend, I, and I tend to th- agree with Wags that I don't think Vince Dunn's long term home is St. Louis, and I say that for you know for two simple words, Seattle Kraken. Because you are either going to have to with the with with the current rules that are in place, I don't see how you uh, protect Dunn over uh, a Pareco, a Krug, or a Justin Falk. And those are the three defenders that you are going to have to protect. Now, before the season, you would have said I was among the many that was saying, Oh, just leave Falk unprotected, and you know, and you know, he's gonna look great in a Seattle Kraken uniform. I was making that joke quite often. Ha-ha, fool me. You know, I guess, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a fool for that now. But the, it does leave the problem of the fact that now, if you're going to keep Justin Falk, you're going to have to expose Vince Dunn to mm-hmm. Seattle. Seattle's going to be all over that shit, mm-hmm. Um, for lack of a better word. They, they are going to jump on Vince Dunn if he is available because they've seen the analytics as well with him. So you have to figure out, okay, do you want... To leave Vince Dunn exposed, so you protect like a Sunquist or a Barbershev or a Sammy Blake, which that's going to be another difficult defi- the decision you have there. Um, or do you trade Vince Dunn to avoid Seattle picking him? You know, I think it's a tough decision they're going to have with Vince Dunn here, uh, perpetuated by the fact that yes, Justin Falk is now a legit great NHL <laughs> defender, as I as I tweeted out um, you know Friday night. So. Um, A miracle
5: from heaven that
1: I know, I, I know. I really, I mean, seriously, I, I keep, I keep thinking like, you know, gosh, if I, if I can go back to January 10th and say, Hey, Justin Falk and Jordan Cairo are going to be your best blues players this season. I the, the dirty looks, the dirty words I would have gotten would have been just unthinkable. I would have said those dirty words. I'll you would the have wanted say it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I I have gone from you know enjoying the thought of Justin Falk in a Seattle Kraken jersey to wondering if maybe I should get a Justin Falk jersey for the Blues myself. You know, that's that that's where I'm at. With, uh, by the mm-hmm. way, assistant captain Justin Tall. Yes. Oh, he looks so
5: damn good with that assistant captaincy patch. Oh my god! And like, how many of you guys saw that and just instantly just had like had like an ear orgasm? It was the most beautiful <laughs> thing you've ever seen in your life. I he loved did, it.
1: He did look good with that. That that and the mustache. That I mean, that they 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 went together went together really really nice so um just a couple more comments here that I've, I've been following i just haven't you know put them up here first of all luke notes that uh joshua dakota should be a country singer so many players up? so many players on the COVID protocol the world does not have enough alcohol is, is luke looking
0: <laughs> for competition i mean uh,
1: yeah uh, yeah no luke can have that he's you know he already did a country song for us you know earlier by the way so uh uh no, I I can't beat Luke Whitman in a country singing co- competition though I can certainly try. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Don't um, ask me. No, I I wouldn't do that. to You you're not from Idaho. So
5: <laughs> That's true. I do live yeah. in Utah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um by the way, uh Luke uh while he was in St. Louis went to Bandanas, which uh he thinks is viewed as trash in St. Louis, but he loved it. I I don't think Bandanas is viewed as trash here. I mean, I I think if that, I mean, they're not at the level of Pappies. I think just in terms of rep and just kind of Mm -hmm. overall quality, I think bandanas is fine. You've
0: had bandanas, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I've had bandanas. I've had Sugar Fire. I've had Pappies. I mean, you you want to sit there and say that you know Memphis barbecue is better, St. Louis is good. I think St. Louis has a couple of different palettes, and kind yeah. of depending on what mood you're in, you can go to one of those kind of places and get what you're looking for. Because I, I thoroughly enjoy Sugar Fire. I think Sugar Fire is amazing, but I've also been to Pappy's and I've also been to Bandanas, and I think you can find things at each place that make you go, "Okay, this is pretty good." It's just kind of all dependent on your taste.
1: It really does. And by the way, we haven't even talked about my favorite barbecue place in St. Louis. We have the, the name has not been mentioned. But I'm going to say it now: Salt and Smoke. Uh, yeah. That place is legit, you know. I mean, and and they have a couple locations. And by the way, if you're a, um, if you're a patron of Salt and Smoke or you work for Salt and Smoking, when advertise on Blue Notes, Blue Notes oh, at gmail.com. Uh, let's get that logo on right down, you know, right right below here, right below. Mike bedroom. Wazowski on my face. Just put it right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, we we almost did that to Waggs earlier hey. because I I made our thpn logo too big, and you know he was having to do like you know when a you know, kind of like a, like a Bob and weave, you know, you know, kind of around it. Like he was Ali in the, you know, thrill in Manila. Ah,
0: uh, see. I was uh, thinking
1: more Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk in the end zone, the Bob and weave. There you know. go. There you go. That, that, that dastardly Bob and weave that made those type of celebrations illegal for so long.
0: Yes. Cause the Bob and weave uh, is the thing that you should be worried about when it comes to celebration. Oh and- yeah. Oh.
1: Right. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, Luke, by the way, forgot about Sugarfire. By the way, so I guess just like Dre, he forgot about uh, Sugarfire. Um, what else do we have here from our comments here? Do, 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 do. Oh, by the way, uh, Vegas Blues fan, point. Uh, we were talking about goalies. He would not want Freddie Anderson here in St. Louis. So I'm kind of curious if you're still in the uh, uh, watching Vegas Blues fan. Who would you rather have? I mean, don't say Bennington. If Bennington's not an option, who mm-hmm. would you rather have? Or are you I ready was- to ride? Are you ready to ride a Hofer train?
0: And you have to look at, uh, you know, Frederick Anderson. He's been good in Toronto. I think he, he's 2.61, 2.81, 2.7, something in that range as far as goals against in, you know, his first three years in Toronto. Now the goals against and the save percentage have Change, you know, the save percentage has gone down by about ten percent, and the goals have gone up by about ten percent in the last two years. But I kind of had to give him a little bit of leeway because of the oddness of the the last couple of seasons and the yeah. sheer lack of defense that he has in front of him. He's facing like th- like fifty three shots a game. Like the year he had a two point eight one goals against average, he faced like mm-hmm. two hundred
5: shots in
0: a season. Unbelievably, twenty yeah. two hundred shots.
5: So That's Toronto's defense is made out of primarily Swiss cheese and mesh lining. Yeah.
2: So
1: pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, exactly. They they got some mesh lining from Calgary in the form of TJ Brody, too, this offseason. Looks really <laughs> nice, by bad. the way.
5: He has been not, bad. Not, T-
1: Tyson Berry was bad. Yeah, Tyson <laughs> Berry was bad. Yeah, he was. Yeah, at, at least Brody knows how to defend at least a little right. bit. Um, but uh, yeah. But um, and by the way, when it comes to Biddington, I've been hearing a lot of people complaining about Biddington after the five to four loss. You know, blaming him for the goals. That no, no, <laughs> you, you, nope. can, you can blame maybe one goal number two when he had goal the two. Over. Mm-hmm. That's that's about it. But on you know Luke Horak of NHL.com actually tweeted out a good breakdown of the five goals that they allowed, and uh, and they were all goals that could have been avoided. So goal number one, you had the Sanford turnover, which there's another whipping boy for you. You know lately Zach Sanford. Um, we can talk about him a little bit. Um, Bennington turnover for goal number two. Goal number three, the Blues won the D zone faceoff, lost the wall battle, and then and then they just had a complete lack of slot coverage. So you know defenders and the slot. That they should go together like peanut butter and jelly. That was that was,
5: that was when Dunn was in the, the crazy. That was
1: that was the Dunn, you know, kind of yeah, okay, gotcha. Where he had
5: the look on his face like I have the look on my face when Chick fil A gets my order wrong, you know, same thing. <laughs> that never happens. It never happens. Oh, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> all the time. Well, you see, I don't like pickles on my sandwich. I'm weird that way. I don't like pickles on my same. Sandwiches. I, I, I don't. Thank I, you. I, 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 I'm i always the same ask way, so them, same I ask here. them to take pickles off. Take the pickles Thank off. You. I, Except I don't do just I take the pickles off, but then I add three slices of Colby jack cheese. And that as let one me tell does. you that's heavy. As heavenly. one does. As one does. Is your colon that's clogged heavenly. or something? I mean, three slices <laughs> you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like my that's my primary food group is dairy. It's just cheese all day. I'll snack on that. Oh. Everyone gets mad at me, but it's true. But I mean, I'll tell you what—I got bowels of steel, my friend.
1: Man, colon jokes and bowel jokes are just the best. They just are. the best. By the way, Mason, if you knew the two of us, you would understand how colon health is very important for you. So uh, uh, that's that's a little bit of TMI. We're not we're not we're not going to go there. Uh, goal number four, you had the Vince Dunn turnover, and then goal number five, the fourth line. Third pair was stuck on the ice against San Jose's top line chasing the pucks. So basically, it's not Bennington's fault, guys. It really isn't. I mean, it's it, it was it was it was the defense. Uh by the way, Wags is <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh man. <God. laughs> is this is be- my cue. Is this Does what I do to this? Thumbs up,
0: thumbs up. Does that beat that though? I, I I I don't know.
1: That's that's close. That that is pretty. I I need to I need to go back and watch the uh, rewind of this to, yes. to, to to make an official determination. Um,
5: yeah. We'll Just tweet up. it. Put make sure poll. you tweet yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. Which, which uh, picture
0: is Mike at his most awkwardness?
1: <laughs> By the way, uh, to answer a uh, question we had earlier, we asked the uh, Vegas Blues fan which goalie he would want. You know, if he couldn't have. Uh, Biddington or Frederick Anderson? The answer is John Gibson. Everybody okay. wants John Gibson. Of course, of course. And you know what? John Gibson probably wouldn't mind getting out of Anaheim because they kind of suck right I now. I would
5: love to get If I was John Gibson, I am taking like the next offer and going, even if I serve as the mascot for half the games that I'm not starting, you know, I'd still get the hell out of Anaheim. That place... Wow, like, I guess I, what I like to imagine is what if John Gibson played for a team like, I don't know, like but the Boston Bruins, or what if he played for, like, a r- actual competent team? I would have said, you know, Tampa Bay, but they already got Vasilevsky, and he's pretty much John Gibson 2.0. But, yeah. I mean, imagine, like, so many goalies' careers that are so good are ruined by shit teams. If you look back at, like, Henrik Lundqvist is a great example of that, but... Dominic yeah. yeah, Dominic Hasek is another one. At least he got a cup, though.
1: At least, yeah. Uh, but I, I often, with the John Gibson situation, I think back to the Patrick Waugh situation in Montreal. His last game there, he is left out there on the ice to die, essentially. and He allows, like I think, eight goals before he's finally yanked. And mm-hmm. he demands a trade right away. He goes to Colorado and you know lives happily ever after. Imagine you're John Gibson. And you've been allowed to you know sit out there to die and allow seven or eight goals, and you're pissed, you demand a trade. you pull a Patrick Waugh, basically, and then you hear the next day that congratulations, you have been traded, and you are so happy and you're so you're you're dying to figure out where you're going, and you learn you've been traded to Detroit. <laughs> Would you be so happy after that? No. No. Pizza is a little okay.
0: better in Detroit, isn't
1: it? Detroit pan pizza is pretty good. I, I I'll I'll give it that. I had some jets recently here in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and it, it was it's it's pretty tasty. Dave Portnoy of, to... of of Barstool's been doing a, a tour of Detroit pizzas, and it's you know they're they're pretty good.
5: Hey, Detroit's got a good fan base and a hell of an arena. If you've seen Detroit's new locker room, that thing is a thing of beauty. It's it, unbelievable. It, and like I said, like those fans have gotten a lot of good times. But right now they are in the worst of worst of worst of <laughs> times. I would not like to be a Detroit Red Wings fan right about now.
1: By the way, I love the fact that despite the fact that they have their own style of pizza and it's a pretty good style of pizza, their arena is called the Little Caesars mm-hmm. Arena, which you know I I've had we've all had Little Caesars, right? I mean they're they're pretty bang average. I mean they're not offensive, but they're just okay.
5: I got I got blocked by Little Caesars official Twitter account because I DM. Well, I asked them. No, how it went down is I asked them. You know what was? How did you guys come up with your name? And they sent me like a link of like their history and everything like that. And I said, Oh, so it isn't because whenever I go to a party and there's Little Caesars pizza, I want to stab somebody twenty eight times. <laughs> you know that might do it i think
1: that that, that <laughs> might do it there, there's a lesson to be learned here wags don't don't threaten to stab someone
5: 28 times uh, julius caesar was stabbed 28 times right or something like that i'm pretty sure it was one i'm pretty sure it's around that number but yeah no. i got blocked and i tell you what i flex that that's what i flex at
1: parties so what was julius considered a little caesar or or what you know, or, was, know he pretty, or was he pretty? Was. was he, was he average high? Was he pretty tall? Or I,
0: thought, I think Julius Caesar was considered shorter. <laughs> I'm looking this up. I, I, I am we well. had
1: two people looking up the height yeah. of Julius Caesar. Uh, uh, by the, uh, by the way, while you're looking at a Vegas uh, Blues fan, notes that Pittsburgh is interested in John Gibson. And Luke also points out if uh, John Gibson played for Colorado, we could just hand them the cup now so Julius
0: Caesar, five foot five seven foot seven that's okay so that's actually kind of tall
1: that for that era, that be, that'd be considered tall i can kind of yeah i can't see I, it I, i'm sure there's words on there uh mason uh we'll just have to figure out what those words are another they time
5: decipher it it's in greek <laughs> Oh, even better,
1: even better. There we go. Uh, uh, Blue Notes, uh, a Greek fan's favorite uh,
0: hockey podcast. Apparently Uh, he kept himself neatly shaven and was balding prematurely, which he disliked. Really? Well,
1: I'm I'm balding prematurely and I dislike it. So, you know, the, we and him have something in common. I guess I should be Caesar.
5: Don't turn your I back.
1: Wear, <laughs> I wear a hat so often it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think they I mean, were hats even a thing back then when when he was ruling? Just the I mean, uh,
0: just the olive branch around the head. Yeah, I the think, olive branch. Uh, yeah, which but that doesn't the conceal the, the fact visor? you're balding. That doesn't conceal the fact you're balding though. No. It's no, true. it's like the precursor to the visor. Like, I mean, who wears a visor?
1: I mean, and, and not only that, but like, you know, in Greece, you know, you get blistered by that Mediterranean sun. I mean, you know, you, you, that has that's some true. sort of head covering for your, you know, to protect if you're prematurely balding. That's a lot of bald head that you're getting burned off. It's like Lake Tahoe ice. I mean, you're just you're just you're, you're just you're just getting, you're
0: just getting burned all to hell. That's why yeah. like, to to it. They like to to the Senate meetings at night because of the sun. Mm, yeah. That's, right. Ah, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's it's right. Fabrication on my part. But you never know y
1: you, you, you never know, you never know, also the by the of Lake Tahoe, <laughs> also, in defense of little Caesar's arena, uh Luke Widman notes that that's how Mike Illich made his money through little Caesars. He's the Little Caesar's magnet, so there you go, by the way, Curtis Joseph talks a lot about uh uh Mike illich in his book. uh he mm-hmm. of course, had his brief cup of coffee in Detroit, which he doesn't speak highly of he 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 felt going to Detroit was a mistake, but he said Mike illich was by far the best owner. That he played under. He was very generous. He uh, um, was very uh, friendly to the players. You can always approach him. He often would approach you, honestly, before you approached him. And um, great owner. And I've heard that from just about everyone. that How yeah. great Mike Illich is to play under. So, um, lucky them. Um, by the way, we talked about Lake Tahoe. We're going to talk about that uh, here in just a little bit. But first, let's go ahead and get into our Aloha commentary. We need a Hawaiian perspective on... All this madness. And for that, we turn to the one, the only, Guy the Hawaii Blues fan. And now, from
3: Honolulu, Hawaii, via St. Louis, starting in the Pacific Ocean, Guy the Hawaii Blues fan. are Hawaii that's Blues
0: that's fan, that's we're bleeding blue that's with that's you. Let's, go, go, blues. let's go, go, blues. go, Blues! Let's go, Blues! Let's go, Blues!
4: and aloha welcome to the blue notes podcast i'm guy the hawaii blues fan host blue note fan report and lead writer on stlfanreport.com and this is my aloha commentary Mm. 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 that's kind of how i feel right now I don't have a ton to say. We are in a dark period in this season. We currently have a lot of injuries and some of them major. Barbashev, six weeks. Thomas, five more weeks. Parashenko probably two more weeks. Bozak's been out for a while. The fact that he has a concussion, that makes it even worse Then you add in there. Schwartz has missed a couple of games, and now Blaze is on the COVID protocol. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Next man up, but in the last game, they didn't look like they understood their roles whatsoever. Thunder from down under was pulled up to pulled up from Utica and put on the practice squad with Blaze out. And, a, and an extra day of practice, you could see him on Monday or sometime this week. He could bring a little bit of uh spark to the third or fourth line. You know, this is the time, this is the X factor. Injuries and COVID. Talked about it. And I'm wearing my Warriors hockey hat shirt because the Blues need to be Warriors. need to go out and collect points. The Avalanche and Knights played yesterday in an outdoor game that took over 11 hours to complete. Boy, do the Avalanche look good. I mean, they look good. And this is after COVID ran through their ranks. We don't know what that long-term effect is. It says they play more, that they're going to have trouble with their stamina. But boy, they looked good yesterday, and, and the Knights didn't look bad in the loss, in the 3-2 loss. So it's something to think about. The wild one, the wild are just behind the Blues in points percentage. It's something to keep an eye on. This is Chiefs' test. No, uh, this is the expectations are there. This is his test. The Blues won the Cup. Finished the Central and the West in first. And now a season later, and we're struggling. This is his test. I can't wait to see what he does. Hope he passes it. But to be honest, I'm not really sure. Yes, I know it's on the players. I get that. It's also on the coach. Put the players in the best position to win. Ryan O'Reilly has shown that he is the captain we wanted uh yesterday's game he was everywhere he was he was mad and it showed and he was frustrated and it showed but he turned it into kairu goal and two assists just really really solid performance in a tough loss You know, sometimes there's good wins, sometimes there's bad wins, sometimes there's good losses, sometimes there's bad losses. This one sits somewhere in the middle of a good loss or a bad loss. The, The one thing you take away is they came back. They didn't give up, they came back. Came back, they came back, they came back. But the power play, they have got to do something about the power play. If they start scoring on the power play, This team wins this division, but the power play needs to be somewhere between 20 and 25% and the pitting of the kill needs to be somewhere closer to 85%. We're not there yet. We're not there yet at all. So I leave you with that. What do we do? How do we watch? How do we see season happening? The best thing to do? Smile. Say aloha, mahalo, Guy the Hawaii Blues fan. God, know that I'm bleeding blue with you, Tom Wags and Blues Fan Reacts. Enjoy and I can't wait to see you again on the next Aloha Commentary and Blue Note Fan Report. Oh one last thing, take a look at the February results for the Pick'Em Contest. You might be interested to see who's in a tie for first place. Aloha.
1: Thanks a lot, Guy. And, uh, of course, we are a part of that Pick'em Contest this month. Uh, so every so, check our Facebook page and check the uh, Hawaii Blues fan clan for uh, the post for uh, the take part in the Pick'em Contest every single day. And you could win a very nice prize this month. It is an autographed Brett Hall Blues jersey and who would not want that Uh, Wags has already stated that he will uh, um, make me disappear if I end up winning that Blues jersey so you know you you heard it here
5: I have a particular set of
0: skills and I'm not afraid to use them
5: Go that's full Yosef right. Stalin on him over a freaking jersey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Brett
1: Hall is serious business with us, too. Trust me. Trust me. All right, now it is time, on that note, uh, for the uh, Notes That Are Blue segment. They are notes that are uh, typed out in blue because uh, we can't call this segment Blue Notes because that's the name of our podcast. So this is yeah. Notes That Are Blue. And we, we can't start off this segment before we uh, without... Talking first of all about these Lake Tahoe games. So, some of the most beautiful visuals that I've ever seen in a hockey game before. I mean, the mountains in the background, uh, the lake behind it, the trees, the snow, the aesthetics are amazing. It's just a, it's just a shame they actually have to play hockey on this damn thing. And um, poor planning caused Game One between Vegas and the Ass to be postponed. For hours after the first period, due to lousy ice, you had players that were kind of fumbling and bumbling. Uh, I I think I saw a ref took a header one time um, and it was just the ice was just getting blistered by the sun, which my favorite running joke of this whole thing was that, you know, there are clouds everywhere except for where the sun was. you know. I think, I think Eddie Olchek made that comment, and that kind of went viral, which it sounds stupid when you think about it. But I <laughs> but get he's this, not
5: but, wrong.
1: Like, he's not wrong. The sun <laughs> was just out-deeping the clouds that day, and unfortunately sun and ice do not get along. Um, so the second game between the Bruins and the Flyers, which uh, is, has ended, looked like it was going a lot better. They started it after the sun. I guess the sun was still setting. And it still worked out. They played three periods in normal time, uh, but only uh, because, again, after it started uh, as the sun was setting. So do you think maybe for one, I still like the idea of a Lake Tahoe game, but they need to put like some sort of like overhang over the ice to block it from the sun, because this was on the verge of a disaster, guys.
0: I don't know if you can put an overhang on it and still get the aesthetics that you're looking right. for, though. I think that's what they were trying to yeah. get was open-air rink with all of the scenery around. And I think playing the game at night is, is perfectly fine. Yes, obviously ratings are going to be a lot different when you're having a you know an 8 o'clock start time versus a mid-afternoon start time. Right. But just watching – you know, I was talking to my dad today about it. Having the Colorado reverse retro jerseys in that game last night, at night, under the bright lights – That was a thing of beauty, an absolute Mm -hmm. thing of beauty. And if you get the right jerseys, the right teams underneath the lights at Lake Tahoe, I think it completely changes the dynamic. And I would love to see something like that again at Lake Tahoe at night because it just it felt right when they ended up resuming that game.
1: Yeah, first thing I, I will say is, you know, for the, for if you're wanting like ret- reverse retro quality, you only have one team this weekend that was quality for that. And that was Colorado. Vegas is are eh. Um, and then Philadelphia and, and Boston's both are just kind of boring. Um, I mean, they look fine, but they're just boring. Um, mm-hmm. I would have loved to see like Colorado and Arizona, you know, going at it, you know, on, on oh, Lake Tahoe man. if you want quality jerseys. But I think they kind of, hit on something with the second game because they started kind of as the sun was going down. Maybe you start these games to where you have one period like in the light, the second period like during sunset, and then the third period in the dark. Maybe that would be an interesting aesthetic to go for and and still be able to preserve that ice. Um, what do you think of the uh, Lake Tahoe games,
5: Mason? Uh, the only <laughs> – the only thing that I I could get out of it is final scores after this weekend are the NHL 0 and the fucking Sun 2, so I mean (laughs) I mean, it's just I don't know, I just found a lot of humor in that, but no, I I just feel bad for Vegas fans because the Blues obviously lost yesterday, and then I decided, you know what, I'm gonna relax, I'm gonna watch a Vegas game, I got a Vegas jersey, I'm kind of a Vegas Knights fan off and on they're technically the local team here, so I said why not, and I like messaged all you know, my Vegas fan mutuals, and I'm like all right let's go let's win this and then they lose and i go guys it's all my fault i'm sorry i shouldn't have watched this uh but no i i actually really like your I because i was gonna say that start the game at sunset is what i was Mm -hmm. gonna say but i like your point of uh you know having it in the afternoon so first periods in daylight second periods at sunset dusk kind of thing and then um And then third period, possibly overtime at night kind of thing. The only thing I see a problem with there is when the sun is that low, it might glare off the ice, and the goalies are going to hate that. So that's my only concern with that. see other than that, I really like that. I did see
1: one picture of uh, Grubauer. He did have his sunglasses on, actually, while he was in net. You know that's how bad how how bad the glare is. I mean that that that's pretty rough. But you know as 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 that whole ordeal was going on Saturday, I was you know thinking to uh, you know thinking about uh, like what was Gary Bettman like? You know what was his look on his face? You know it's like wait, the sun does this? What what is his son? We're doing here. Gary Bettman
4: was
0: allowed out into the sun.
1: Yeah, I know it's <laughs> amazing. He was out there. They they showed him out there.
5: And um, no vampires could go out into the sun. And then don't, later they, that, don't they keep Bettman and Benning in the same closet, bound and gagged, so and, they can't and, ruin the offseason?
1: And then, and then later that night, you have Vince Dunn's complete look of astonishment, you know, over his goal. And now I'm just imagining, like, you know, a, a shot of Gary Bettman, you know, ringside of Lake Tahoe, and then Edward Norton's voice from Fight Club going, "I am Vince Dunn's complete look of astonishment." <laughs> Uh, that that's that that's that, i mean that's just i mean how do you not plan for the sun guys really right really <laughs> also another another funny joke i i saw about it uh if this game were held in texas we wouldn't have this problem no we'd be playing in mud <laughs> oh it, 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 is it is it muddy well, now in texas i mean no it, hot it, water it, in texas either right everything's yeah broken. Yeah, everything's frozen down there. So hey, Sanders there we go.
0: To go to Cancun. So I,
1: I, 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 I was, I was say it, going it, to
5: Cancun. Really bringing that up now. Okay. I
1: know. I, I was going to. You know, you, you took the joke from me, Wags. I was going to say. You know, it, it'd be a, such a fun game. Even Ted Cruz wouldn't leave Cancun to, you know, you know, to watch it. I mean, that's, that's crazy. um Other news around the uh, NHL here. Uh, Anaheim bringing up their prize first rounder Trevor Zegris up after just really? eight AHL games. Uh, four goals, five assists, and nine games uh, Nine games this year. He's also a point per game guy at Boston University the year before. And, you know, Wags, we, we talked about this before we went on here, and you brought up, you know, Clem Kostin. Um, Kostin seems to be waking up in the KHL. He has, now, if you look at his record, uh, seven goals, 11 assists, 41 games with Avangard Omsk. You know, it's it's it, it, nothing too fancy there. By the way, forty one games in in the KHL. What these these COVID you speak of? What these COVID? I do not understand. Uh, but regardless, he started off very slow and didn't have hardly any stats in his first twenty games or so. But he's looked really good in the last twenty, and he he had a goal the other night where he beat the defender to the puck and just physically kept him off the puck, and he finished it beautifully. And of course he did his you know kind of now trademark bow and arrow celebration, which I think that I guess that's his thing now. Um but Wags, I gotta ask you, is it time to open the costume
0: door? Uh I think so. And and just so you know, in in Soviet Russia, you don't get
5: COVID, COVID get you. COVID so, get you. That's right. COVID that get is you. right. I they give us ice cream. They give us ice cream.
0: I mean, here's the thing with with, with opening the costume door, it, it's not so much that it's time. I think it's more so that it's going to happen regardless because, you know, looking at it, the KHL season ends on Saturday, okay? So That's a good point. So he's going mm-hmm. to be coming over to America very, very shortly. And, yes, he's going to have to play quarantine for at least 10 days. So you're talking at least another two weeks without a guy like Costin in here and then not playing in that time frame may hurt him. But he's peaking at the right time. And with the injuries that the Blues are dealing with right now, this is the perfect time to bring him in and get him some experience. Cause we're going to be playing some of these lower tier teams. And that's the same argument I made for, you know, sitting Pareko out during this time frame is because you're playing teams that you theoretically should beat without a Pareko. Yeah. Saturday's game notwithstanding, but you can also do the same thing by adding a guy in like a costume who maybe needs to build a little NHL confidence, but is also primed to be able to score goals in that instance. I mean, Go back to a couple seasons ago when he's in the preseason, he dropped the gloves and fought. This is from a t- at the time when we thought he was going to be a top six forward. Now we realize he's not. He is going to be probably a bottom six forward, but he's going to be a physical guy. He's going to be a guy that can put pucks into the net. He's a big body in front of the goal. It, it, it's perfect time for a guy like Costin to get over here. And I hate to say it because I don't want anybody to be injured, but this is the exact perfect thing for Coston. a bunch of guys being injured not being able to play a spot opening up I mean do you really want Dakota Joshua playing or would you rather have Clem John uh, playing Dakota that's
1: Joshua part. Joshua Dakota
0: tomato, no tomato tomato yeah I mean do you want him playing or do you want Clem Coston to get in and potentially get a shot and really take what Jordan Cairo is already doing and just up the ante even more
1: yeah, Dakota Joshua sounds like a really bad, like regenerated prospect from like the NCAA football series from EA Sports. You know, like you're in 2022, you have led Mizzou to seven straight national championships, and your number one prospect is Dakota Joshua that year. It just, it, it just, it just, it just fits. It just Dakota fits.
5: Joshua, defensive tackle.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. From from North Dakota, by the way, I should point out. Oh, yes. Um, Yes, of course. Uh, Definitely not Idaho. We don't want those people.
4: No. Um, No, no, we don't.
1: The potatoes are good. I was gonna. Potatoes. I was gonna ask you, like, when you mentioned Idaho barbecue, is like, do they do everything with potato
5: or what? Oh yeah, no, potatoes like one of their prime things. You know, like that's, oh, yeah. that's the only, That's the only thing. That's that's <laughs> one of the only redeeming mm. qualities of-, of Idaho is their freaking potatoes. Like, I'm serious. I'm gonna have to drive up. I got grandparents in Idaho. I gotta drive up there, pick up my potatoes, and come back down. You know, it's, mm. just, it's worth it. It is so worth it.
1: Wags, you ever dream of like coming home from work and just having a nice barbecued uh, potato with some malls on it?
0: No, no not, not a barbecue. No, potato. no. That's no. <laughs> a loaded potato. But see, I've got an Outback yeah. right down the street and they do a damn good loaded baked potato. It's yes, not they the do. same.
5: <laughs> how dare you diss potatoes like that how oh, dare no. you no no not
0: dissing, not dissing potatoes at all i am a huge potato fan i love all forms of potatoes oh, yeah, I real. mean, every, every, every kind of potato i enjoy and if i can get my hands on some good idaho gold potatoes i'll uh, yeah i need them every single day but uh, i you know I, I love
5: love love potatoes that's like <laughs> saying Applebee's is gourmet cheeseburgers. You can't say
1: that. <laughs> he, he's got a point there. He, he's got a point. Yeah. I
0: think it's all the salt that Outback puts on it. I think that's what – it just clouds my judgment.
5: Mm. <laughs> they put psychedelics in there to make you think that yeah. – well, they put psychedelics in the Damn. salt so that I, you have to keep coming back, right? I, I, surely I to, that's the case.
1: I need to go to Wags' this Outback then if they're putting psychedelics <laughs> in their food. I mean, hell yeah take the foulon. we we do some crazy shit up here take the trip to a foul and stay for the acid trip that follows uh, it's great um by the way so you know speaking of iconic duos the uh dallas stars and postpone games name a more iconic oh, 2021 sorry. duo and um, psychedelics and outback potatoes. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: that's what we. That's what we do. We 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 make it all connect in the end. Of uh, course, they they miss. Of course, the stars missed the first week or two of the season due to COVID. Now they have missed four games because of the ongoing Texas winter nightmare that's going on there. Not even Ted Cruz would stay around for that shit. Um, I was I was kind of sad the stars weren't going out west with the Blues at the beginning of the season, but Mason. Aren't you glad now that the Blues are staying far, far, far away from Dallas?
5: Uh, a little bit, give or take. I think Dallas of the Central is the Arizona Coyotes of the West right now. You know they play mm. very similar styles. Maybe Dallas is more of a threat, probably not to the Blues because for some reason Arizona and Northern California teams are the Blues kryptonite as of right now. But at the same time, you know the Blues have always had a good record at you know playing Dallas. You know they've always been. I keep hitting my. Freaking me on the desk, but stop um, that! <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love. I'm, he
0: hates uh, California teams. I hate, cal- hate California. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, hey, Wags, did you send him some psychedelic
5: potatoes or what?
1: <laughs> it's this this fellow,
5: <laughs> No, but you know, I mean, the Blues have always played a solid game against you know teams like Dallas. Uh, you know, I think I think it's not really that, oh, they, they decide to play better against these teams. I think it's just the style of play that the Blues have, the grinding style. It just tires the stars out. Look how mm-hmm. old the stars are. You know, they got Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan's no spring chicken. He might play like one, but he certainly isn't. And, you know, I, I think the Blues just play better against teams like that. I don't know.
1: Well, by the way, this leads me to a, a quick trivia question for you, Mason. Wags, you know the answer to this, but we mentioned the Coyotes own the Blues in the in the three seasons leading up to this one. They had an a three and one record coming into this season. There's one other team that has the Blues number like the Coyotes do, and on on paper, the last three seasons they're in the Central Division. Can you name the team?
5: I got to think who's in the damn Central. <laughs> Well, the, the the like the normal cent like like the like but like the normal the usual, central. Normal. Okay, yeah, uh, probably Nashville.
1: It is Nashville. Yep, it is Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. I don't think their record is as severe as Arizona's, but it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. They still have a like I think they have like a plus ten goals differential mm-hmm. against us, and I and I want to say. Their win loss is very similar to, to Nashville, mm-hmm. so there you go. It, it it is it is
5: Nashville. Look at uh, me, I'm a freaking trivia god here. I I get there I get go. I don't mean to flex, but I get at least three questions right whenever Jeopardy's on. I'm good. I'm I'm good at kids Jeopardy, but normal Jeopardy, three questions. I don't think that's bad. God, ESPN signed
1: this guy. Seriously, I wonder, for I wonder, real.
0: You wonder what, <laughs> what, what do you think the average is of normal people getting Jeopardy questions correct? That would be a very interesting topic to look up. What is the average number of questions that a normal everyday person would get on an episode of Jeopardy? My grandpa's
1: real good at it. Well, I can I can tell you that you, you didn't ask that in the form of a question, though. So, oh, I mean, I, I what? can't. I, so I can't what is behind. my? Your <laughs> comment's
5: <laughs> not valid. <laughs> what, what is, what is, let's see, what is five? I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> I,
1: I don't, I don't either. I, I, I'm not smart enough for these things. Um, but we mentioned ESPN because again, segue here, the National Hockey League's next domestic broadcast deal will reportedly be split across two broadcasters. One of them likely receiving an exclusive streaming package that according to the oh. New York post reports say ESPN is likely going to be one of those broadcasters And NBC and Peacock might be, is rumored to be the other. Now, I personally, you know, being a 90s kid, I'm excited for the possibility of the return of that great NHL ESPN theme. Mm -hmm. You know, trust me, if you've heard it, you know what I'm talking about. ESPN two night, the number two night, Barry Melrose, John Bouchergross, and of course, now that we don't have the great Doc Emmerich, the return of Gary Thorne. To the national airwaves. He is an ESPN guy. So are you guys excited about the possibility? Maybe maybe it's just me, but are you excited about NHL and ESPN again?
5: I don't know. I'm a little kid. I, I don't I wasn't alive in those days. I didn't watch yeah, in those that's days. Right. I'm a little
1: forgetting. kid. I, I <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have
0: to defer the question to Wags here.
1: <laughs> All right, Wags, ESPN,
0: NHL. Happy marriage. Did they bring back the music? Totally. Yes. Because that was the that was like the soundtrack. Of my weekends as a kid was the NHL Tonight music. John Bochagross, Barry Melrose, John Saunders was a part yeah. of that as well. So then I mean, you had some heavy hitters when it came to people talking about about hockey on ESPN, and that was the go to place for sports information. Was ESPN now? It's changed a little bit, but I still think a that they're my leader in sports still. So having the NHL as part of that. Here's the thing that really kind of makes me a little bit tepid on ESPN getting it back. They already have Major League Baseball on Sunday night. Yep. They already have the NBA's essentially a full schedule outside of the TNT games. They Correct. still have football on Monday nights. So uh, where does the NHL actually fit in? Does it get the pub in the, in the play that, A, it normally got, and, B, it, it almost kind of deserves on a network like that? That's the thing that really bothers me is, are they going to have time in their schedule to properly pump up the NHL—that's mm-hmm. the thing that worries me.
1: Well, the, the the good thing there, and for those who remember, is that the NHL and ESPN two were kind of the connection mm-hmm. back then. They would have games on the main ESPN, but it always felt like two was kind of the NHL's brand, if you will. So, you know, I could see probably them getting like the Wednesday night game, you know, on ESPN two or um, Thursday night, that kind of thing. Um, it's it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because I'm kind of cons- there's a lot of congestion. Now with all the all the properties they have, they also I think they they still do some PGA golf too. I
0: think yeah, don't they? basketball big on there. college, as well. oh, college so, basketball, so, yeah. Also, that's that's the thing that worries me is uh, are they going to get enough coverage to make it worth the while at the NHL? Now, obviously the money's there. <laughs> yeah, take it much as you can. Yeah. But that's that's the thing that that scares me. I I'd like to see you know maybe a CBS almost get it. I mean, yes, that's a yeah. network for old people, but you know they they, they have, they have time available, and you look at what you know Jim Nance and Tony Romo have done for football. If CBS could come up with a a duo that would have that same kind of gravitas for CBS, I think you actually might get some decent viewership on there.
5: Yeah, well, right. And- I'm assuming that they're gonna. I'm assuming that they're gonna pay a pretty penny to be uh, broadcasting. Oh, yeah. So I reckon they'll give them as much attention as they can if they're paying that much for it. And, you
1: know, I wouldn't be too surprised if they ended up being the streaming provider and they use the NHL as kind of like a flagship for their ESPN Plus, which mm-hmm. uh, I know they've been wanting to get more, you know, exposure for. They just haven't because they don't have a lot of premium brands on ESPN. But maybe this is the way they do that. And then NBC, they have plenty of channels within NBC Universal that they could put the NHL on. Like, I know um, they're talking about putting games
0: on the USA Network, you know, yeah, which because- is... But, going away that's the whole that's the whole thing is that as well as the nbc sports network is going away yeah yeah that's so, done. it almost makes you sit there and go wow nbc's kind of falling down a little bit because they don't even have enough coverage of, of enough sports to have a sports network so that's a little i mean nhl on usa does that strike you as something that people are gonna be like i gotta watch usa to see the hockey
1: yeah, that, that that is a good question. And although, you know, it does have WWE interest, I'm uh, kind of nervous because they broadcast NXT on Wednesday yeah. nights, and now they're talking about moving that to the Peacock Network just because they know the NHL is coming. So it sounds like at least the NBC side of things might be, that might be locked in. And then now it sounds like ESPN is going to be locked in too. So that's very interesting. By the way, one final happy thought. Tara you oh, My goodness, are, are y'all getting excited
5: about that? <laughs> Oh, I'm a Blues fan. I'm nervous. (laughs) I'm really nervous. No, it's not just that. You know, I'm I'm glad that Tarasenko's back and everything, but I mean, what if he's not the same? He won't be. He won't be. But what if he's like not even close to the same? Like, what if he's awful? What if he's a liability, (sighs) like he was in the playoffs last Mm -hmm. year? That
1: scares me. That that that, scares me. That legit scares me. Now, it's interesting. I'm really curious to see how he does. Not just because he's Tarasenko. Not just because he's an impact player. But if he comes back poorly, does he get exposed to Seattle? No. Because even even with his contract and his question marks, you, you don't think the Blues expose him to Seattle, Mason?
5: Well, um,
0: you don't want to see him resurge himself in Seattle.
1: I don't
5: know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, listen, okay. I, I Will they expose – okay, uh, my thing is even if they expose him to Seattle, will Seattle pick them? Doubtful. I don't think so. I don't think they want to carry no. that. Carpet. Which is, which is part of the do. rationale
1: for exposing him and protecting a guy like a Barbashev or a that's blay true. or a Sungquist. You know, someone like that. Uh, do you think, Wax? Do you think Seattle would take the Pepsi plunge on uh, on Tarasenko?
0: That's a good. That's a really good question. It. it I think they they might actually. I, I no. think they, they very well could because they need a name and they you need know. does provide some offensive pop now here's the question if Vince Dunn and Vladimir Tarasenko are both available and yes more, you're only able to pick one who do you go with and that and that also begs the question who else is available so I, I think if those two guys are available more than likely they go with Vince Dunn because he's younger he's cost controlled at this point in time and he has the potential without injury to bur- to burst out whereas with Terrasenko you're going yeah, hopefully he's okay and he's got a lot of money to be paid. So I think if both those guys are exposed, Dunn would be the guy that they would go with, but it is Ron Francis, he did kind of screw Carolina at some point, so who knows? Who knows? Um but
1: yeah that is an interesting point. And I was actually going to ask that myself, you know, Dunn or Terasenko if you're Ron Francis. Um and, and those are your probably your two best choices for the Blues based on everything that I've seen projected as to who the blues could protect or not. That's a tough, that that's a tough one for me. You know, you're, you're the GM of a brand new franchise. You need something to electrify the fan base. We know Terasenko is an electrifying player, but is he the same Terasenko of old?
0: Well, and And, and this, this is something I'm going to bring up and I know it's going to, for blues fans listening, they're going to probably lambast me for this, but is Vladimir Tarasenko actually a superstar? I don't think he is. I think he's a guy that at the time was the big name for a team that had not a lot of talent. And it just so happened that, yes, he did put up 40-plus goals in a couple of seasons. So he is a a, he's a good scorer, but he doesn't have anything signature-wise like an Alexander Ovechkin, like a Sidney Crosby, like a Nathan McKinnon. There's nothing really signature about him. He's a great Overall player, he's worked on his game so
5: much. He's a great two-way forward, but is he a superstar? He's At got point. a wicked wrist.er Is my thing. He's got one of the best wrist shots in the league, in my opinion. Uh, but other than that, I'm he's with you three, there. Got three shoulder surgeries now, that's so that's
0: true. A piece of it too. So uh, that's a really interesting piece that you could add into that as well.
1: That's yeah, true. I I think Sanko. He belongs in the same hall that, like a Brendan Shanahan, belongs into the hall of very good. But you know whether he is a Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, I think he's definitely got the Hall of Fame talent. I don't know if he's had the Hall of Fame production. You know, at this point of his career, I mean, he's been, you know, he he he's got a really good wrister. He's he's a good playmaker, but you know, again, all as as Guy pointed out earlier in in the comments, all NHL players are streaky to some sort of degree. Mm-hmm. But when 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 Tarasenko is off, he is just like a light. He just yeah. it, he he will disappear on you for for a few games, and um, I just yeah. I, we we've had this discussion before on here, Wags, about Tarasenko, and just we know how just how good he is. And I think back to you know how the Blues did last season without Tarasenko. And the fact that the rest of the team stepped up, and they still were the best in the Western Conference, and Vladimir Tarasenko had very little to do with that. You know, I I think this is not this is that def- for for one thing, this is not Tarasenko's team anymore. Nope. That nope. ship has sailed. You know, and it's it's Ryan O'Reilly's team. It's now. O'Reilly's team. Yep, it is. It, Ryan O'Reilly took over this team. I mean, Tarasenko, yes, he was a star during some you know kind of formative years of you know this 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 current run that the Blues are on. He was the face of the franchise. He did get on the cover of NHL 17, which was pretty cool as a Blues fan. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I think I think Tarasenko's time as far as being an elite player in St. Louis
0: might be done. Might mm-hmm. be done. Is the decision to make O'Reilly captain over Tarasenko another piece that may be added to that puzzle as well? I mean, I look, I think this is not an indictment on Vladimir. I think he's a great player, a great person, a great ambassador for the city of St. Louis. I I do not in any way want to put any negativity toward Vladimir Mm -hmm. Tarasenko. He works his ass off. He wants to win. He He wanted to bring a cup to St. Louis. He did everything he possibly could to. Not a single bad thing can be said about Vladimir Tarasenko. But he got passed over for the captaincy. He didn't come out and say it, but there was a report out of Russia, which you can take however you want, that he was unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, three shoulder injuries. Things haven't gone the way that they could have gone in St. Louis. I think I still think he's revered here, but could all of this really just be adding to the pot of him being gone at some point?
1: Yeah, you do wonder if this team has passed him up in 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 many ways, you know. And and it's you never like to see this, you know. Even talk about this, you know, with a player like Tarasenko, and as great as Tarasenko is. But I think reality might have to set in that, you know, maybe Tarasenko's time in St. Louis is done, you know, or at the very least, he becomes a good piece of this team, but not the face of the franchise. Like, remember, there was there was there was a point like like right around, you know, 2010 ish or so when we all thought this was Alex Steen's team, you know, (laughs) that that Alex Steen was going to be the face of the franchise. And then Tarasenko and Petrangelo come along. And that's that that was, you know, pretty that took care of itself. But now it's just like, you know, you you, you look at a guy like Tarasenko. I, I made this point before. You know, the Blues had a guy, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s, named Wayne Babich. Uh You don't, Mason, you probably have no idea who the hell Wayne Babbage is. Oh, I know is. who Wayne Babbage is. Yes. You do know who he yes, is. Yes, okay, I do. Good. Yeah, he had a, had a, he had a couple great scoring years for the Blues. Had over 40 goals one year uh, playing alongside uh, Bernie Federico and and Sutter. And what happens to him? shoulder injury mm-hmm. and he is not the same and and and, and, his, and his career kind of faded out from there has had three shoulder surgeries
5: i don't I know, know how he's p- gonna have a fourth we know he it, will
1: yeah at some point it just it, it just it, it's unfortunate it, it, it's unfortunate that for a guy that is as talented as he is he has a shoulder made of glass and that that's unfortunate so I guess te- I guess our message here is temper your expectations when it comes to Terra Sanko, so uh by the way, Vegas Blues fan, one final thought here when we're talking about Seattle, they should offer Sanford <laughs> to Seattle
2: we we'll have get
1: to, me started. We'll have to offer a couple of picks to go along with that for them to take him. <laughs> we haven't even we you know we went uh, over ninety minutes on this podcast we didn't we barely talked about Sanford, which I feel is blues malpractice here because. Zach Sanford's now the favorite whipping boy. Out of oh everyone my gosh. In St. Louis. Like I
5: said that, you know, after you know, because he had such a piss poor game last game. And yeah. I remember he's finally scored. And I said, "I I don't usually like tweet out bad things about players. That's not something I do. I don't like doing that. I feel dirty after I say it. But when I, I tweeted out, like congratulations, Sanford. Score this was right after he scored. So congratulations. Score one more, and you're no longer on my shit list. And I got a lot of, I got a lot of angry quote t- tweets after that one. Like, I'm sorry, he hasn't been good. We can't hide ourselves from the truth.
0: Well, we've well, been I- we've been kind of honoring his play of late by not talking about him. I mean, he's kind of disappeared in game, so we just decided to omit his name in reference to his gameplay.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I did do a little something on Facebook this week in the uh, St. Louis Blues Lounge, as well as the uh, Justin Falk Stan Club, which you can join yourself, by the way. Um, I, po- I I posed this question. <laughs> Zach Sanford and a roll of Charmin Ultra Soft Toilet Paper. Corporate needs you to find the differences between this picture and this picture. And below <laughs> it is Pam from The Office saying they're the same picture.
0: St. Louis' own Jenna Fisher, by the way.
1: Uh, yeah. Yes, our own Jenna Fisher. There you go. So that's kind of what I think about Zach Sanford at the moment. <laughs> it, 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 it is not favorable. He he is giving me some real Patrick Berglund vibes lately. Oh my
5: goodness! I'm so glad I'm not the only one who thought that. I was like, but, I didn't want to say it out loud because I didn't want to. I I couldn't handle the truth. Patrick, but I'm getting hardcore Berglund vibes from him. Patrick
1: Berglund, a six foot four, inconsistent, soft forward who is i mean sanford's not overpaid like Berglund is thank no, goodness but at the same but you, you're getting the same kind of effect and mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe there's another o'reilly out there that we can you know frisk you know for for zach sanford you know like we did with Berglund.
0: speaking of guys that kind of didn't play well here maybe we a little soft have you guys seen what Dimitri yashkin is doing over in the khl
1: You know, is i was gonna bring him it? up
0: he, he 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 just broke a record didn't he yeah, like, yeah he, he is just playing unbelievable right now. It's, he, it's incredible. I think it's, what, 36 goals in 41 games? Something like that, yeah. I'm And, 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 it, can't, and can't he,
1: and he now has the most goals out of any
0: Czech player that's ever played in the KHL. Are fun, you kidding me? Fun note, fun note, 80% of them are wraparound goals. What <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke, that's a joke.
1: Okay,
5: that's a joke. I was gonna say because I'm like, okay, Dimitri asking where the hell is this? I was about to go on a whole tirade about that, but so, okay,
1: I should, yeah. So, forget about the costume door. Do we mm-hmm. open the asking door?
5: I was a little sad when he left, to be honest, because I mean, what the one thing I remember the most fondly about Dimitri asking, obviously, the, the well, yeah, the number one thing I remember I is how hard he worked. He was one of yeah. the hardest workers on in the entire Blues roster, and you know the I compare him a lot to Oscar Sunkois. You know they work so so hard. He just it
1: just never felt like he had he had chemistry here in St. Louis uh-huh. with anyone. It was it, it was all and it kind of felt like he was always still finding his own game. You know with with the Blues, and maybe it just maybe just one of those players' wags where his style just doesn't work in North America, and maybe. Maybe he's just a better European player.
0: Uh, yeah, it probably just works more on that wide open ice, uh, that you know, that Olympic style ice where he's got a little mm-hmm. bit more room to work uh, and, and get his body moving. But fun note, I think I think my nephew's first puck was actually flipped over the boards by Dmitry Ashkin. So oh, nice. I mean, there, there's a little soft spot in my there heart for Mr. Yashkin.
1: There you go. There you go. Definitely, uh, uh, definitely an interesting player during his time yeah. in St. Louis. That's for sure. Also, it's very divisive because I, 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 I I have a friend of mine that just hates the ground that Yaskin walks on just because he never was what he thought that Yaskin should have been, which I don't really know what he thought he should have been. But yeah. Yeah. Yes,
5: Demetri Yaskin. He could have been Yarmir Yager. They're from the same country. Yeah, Why right. can't they be the same player? Duh. Ah, wah, well,
1: posh. Yeah, I know, I know. righty guys. Well, we have gone over a hundred minutes on this podcast. Uh, it's been a it's been a, st- a stormer to say the least. Wags, any final thoughts?
0: Uh, no, just looking forward to some more better games. Hopefully this week against some California teams, but we'll see. Hopefully we get some of these guys back, like a, a Bozak and maybe a Pareko. That would be big. I think is if they can get Pareko and Bozak back. But I'm I'm just looking forward to some more hockey.
1: Yep, and then, uh, Mason, uh, your final thoughts? Please
5: beat the Kings. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I'm, I'm like, on my hands and knees begging you to do something, anything. Just don't look bad. It's the Kings. If you lose to them in five years, I can understand, because they're going to be a dangerous team in five years. But right now... They're, they're one of the bottom five worst teams in the entire league right now. They yeah. got nothing going for them. If you can't get, I expect, I want four points out of the Kings. I I I said about the Sharks, you know, I want at least three, you know, about the Sharks yeah. series. The Kings, I want all four. I don't care. Well, the slate of games for
1: this week, it is the Blues and Kings tomorrow night, or I guess Monday night. So it'd be tonight when you're listening to this at 7 p.m. And then they're at home again Wednesday in one of those wonderful late start games, 8.30 p.m., because fuck you, St. Louis kids. You don't need to be watching hockey. Go to fucking bed. Um, That's what the NHL thinks of your fandom. And then uh, the Blues have a makeup game against San Jose this Saturday at San Jose. Uh, That game is at 930, because again, fuck you, St. Louis kids. (laughs) There we go. And that is gonna, and on that happy note, that is gonna do it for this episode of Blue Notes. We love kids here on Blue Notes. Seriously, you're oh yes, you're, you're, no, you're right. This is kids. it's Just, it's just Gary Bettman does not. So yes. there we go. Um, yes. I want to thank you for listening and watching because without you, there is no me, there is no wags, and there is no. Uh, Mason, the uh, Blues fan reacts. can find him the on Twitter down
5: again. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs>
1: All Going
5: right. that again, Yo. two episodes in a row. You know what? I think that's my cue. I think. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is this is Blues fan reacts right down here. There we go with the two fingers. woot woot All righty. Um. There we go. You can find him on YouTube and Twitter at Blues fan reacts. And I'm Tom Franklin, reminding you to not be a chump and always. Play to
3: that whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out.
1: Or listening to the hockey podcast network your home for hockey talk covering every team in the nhl new episodes every monday download at the hockey podcast or wherever
4: you get your podcasts from